fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hey everybody Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George It's episode 22 And I just wanted to say that uh, If you're hearing the audio-only version of this Come check it out on YouTube For the visual side of things And vice versa If you're watching us on YouTube right now, then you want to stick me in your ear holes and go for a jog, that option's there for you on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere else you could find a podcast. Um, if you want to reach out, it's just chillpodcasting at gmail.com. You got a cool idea for a guest or you just want to say what's up, I'm there. Uh, I finally, you guys, I decided to start doing Zoom interviews. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had my hands full with my fiance and I both working at the hospital and my, my kids out of school. So, you know what, I just sat back and enjoyed all the great content, and a lot of that was Zoom interviews. So, eventually I became intrigued enough, and, and here I am, and it's opened more doors because now I can chat with people that never would have been able to make it to Ottawa anyways, most likely, or at least not anytime soon. So, uh, I'm, I'm really happy that I decided to embrace it, and what better first guest than Canadian rocker Kim Mitchell? Honestly, I couldn't have asked for a cooler guy to sit down with. His... Legendary status is known if you know anything about classic rock in Canada and you listen to Shea 106 in Ottawa. Um, Patio Lanterns, Go For a Soda, those are probably his two biggest hits. But it, you look into his catalog and you start going, oh, I know that song. Oh, I love that song. That's the hold you got on me. Oh, that's probably one of my favorites of his. Um, I actually made a joke to him at the beginning of this podcast about a song, Lager and Ale. And I think it was it went over his head. I don't know, or or he he wasn't digging it. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, the the man's a legend, and I couldn't have asked for a nicer guest. So I hope you enjoy this interview. It was a little bit rushed, uh, just due to some time constraints. So I did feel I was a little out of my element. First Zoom interview and feeling a little rushed, but nevertheless, I think we had a great time, and we I got a lot of great uh, great stuff to share with you guys. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hello. Hey, so I'm so sorry I'm late, man. I got tied up doing a bunch of stuff. Not at all. No apology needed. My, my, my apologies, Oliver. How you doing, man? Not bad. Yourself? I'm okay now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, well, first off, man, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to do this. It's oh, thank you. Day, thank uh, not every day I get to speak with a bona fide rock star, so I, I do truly appreciate it. Is there one around somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm so sorry again. I'm I was late. Not at all, man. No apology necessary. I actually I was trying to celebrate uh, with a drink, but I couldn't decide between a lager or an ale. So just... ah, okay. Well, I'd probably always go with a lager, but you know. Oh yeah. Um, actually, you normally go with a vodka, but. <laughs> oh yeah, you're more of a hard liquor guy. Um. You go in phases, right? I, I can't drink beer lately anymore. The carbonated stuff is, like, plays havoc with me. So, so yeah, a, just... A, it causes a lot of bloating, I find. It does. And and with me, I have some uh, electrical problems, cardiac or electrical problems, and it, it kind of fucks with that a little bit. So I, I uh, stay away from, like, pops and carbonated drinks and beers. I love a cold beer, but... You know what? A nice cold vodka on ice sipping away is nice too. Yeah, everything in moderation, right? Yep, totally. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I, I don't want to waste any time here because I know I don't have you for too long, but uh, I want to start. So, so what, what's, what's, your, what's your program here? What, what is the what oh, uh, podcast? It's called Just Chill with Oliver George. 
It's okay. A, a video podcast on YouTube. I uh, started it last August with my recently retired father sort of manning all the technical gear. Um, oh, nice, yeah. So that's been a great bonding experience for us, really. But um, yeah, we're, we're having a good year. I mean, subscribers are still pretty low. We're finding our audience. But uh, I had Strombolopolis on here uh, back in January. So that was a big win. And now nice. I can't even believe I'm talking to you. So, you know, I'm going to say I can't believe I'm talking to you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's great, man. Okay, well, let's get into the uh, the new album that you got coming out. I've heard it's okay. coming out uh, probably the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think so, yeah. I mean, any time between September and the end of the year. There's no manual right now. And uh, uh, because of COVID, because there's so much what we'll call album traffic, as, as we build into the end of the year, there's so many bands, you know, and artists releasing stuff and because of COVID or everybody was like, what do we do? When do we release it? I'm, and I'm no saying, I'm the same. It's just like, I'm not sure what to do. So um, neither is the label. We only, we get together and talk about it and then we don't really come up with anything yet, but it's ready to go. So nothing concrete, but uh, the big fantasize. So I was curious about the title there. Where did that uh, derive from? Uh, it's a line in one of the songs called Georgian Bay. Uh, okay. Georgian Bay is a body of water I spent a lot of time on. Um, yeah, it's a nice place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Wood. that's where I had a place up there. But, uh, okay. Um, yeah. It's called Collingwood, but I call it Alcoholingwood because all <laughs> people do is drink and ski. Um, so it's just the big fantasize is lying in the tune. And I just like the sound of the big fantasize because I know we're all, we all fantasize about stuff. We're all dreamers. Yeah, we live in the moment, we live in the past, but we also fantasize about the future and, you know. So the things cool. may come. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, the first single I have seen, the video for that, uh, entitled Wishes, okay. and I want to say that's a crazy powerful song. You still got it. Your voice is, uh, is just as good as ever. But uh, oh, I found that you. song was just a really deep message about appreciating the, the finer things in life, it seems. Uh, but I wanted a bit of the origin story because I know I read that you, you were inspired by a poem by the same name. That's right. How, how did um, that come to be? Okay, so 10 years ago, you're in a waiting room and you, you uh, normally would pick up an outdated Reader's Digest and that didn't happen. For some reason, something was telling you to pick up this book of poetry. You never see poetry in a, in a, in a waiting room, but so you pick it up and randomly open it somewhere in the book and there's this poem staring at me called wishes by ac child and uh when i was reading about it i loved the message like I, I sort of my eyes got a little misty at the end of it because um the message of of we can wish for you know wealth we can wish for beauty we it's okay to wish for these things but there are simpler things in life that can bring us just as much satisfaction. And hopefully those are the things that we, you and I get before we die. And it just was the way it was worded. I was like, wow, this is powerful. I'd love to write a song, you know, first of all, find out if it was ever done, which it wasn't. So, um, so I got to work and, and got the book to my place and, and started writing it, but it was a long, long process. All of it was like, uh, it was uh, up until about six months ago before I finished it because you realize that it's a complete poem, but as a song now, it doesn't feel like a complete song. There's things missing. It's not a nice musical journey. There's no, there's no uh, refrain. There's no uh, 
musical deviation in the center to to sort of refresh the listener when you go back in it. So that took a long time to find those parts that felt like they belonged. And I didn't lose faith that they wouldn't come. I just was kind of going, I believe in this song and I really want it on, on this record. When I started finishing up the record, I was like, I really want this part to happen. And one day it did happen. And um, all of a sudden I was like, there, the song was like going to me, there it is, but there, more like that, more like that, finally. That's what I want, that's what I've been asking you for. And then in a couple hours it was done and, and it, uh, thank you. I, I'm really proud of the song. No, it's a great track for sure. It really was uh, moving to listen to. And the video was pretty cool too. I thought that, you know, just it, cruising it, around, it really spoke to the message. Well, it's, it's a different sound for me, a different track for me than, than the Gopher Sodas and Rock and Roll Duties and Logger and Ale, I'm a Law Party. But it was my producer that said, this is a side of you, man, that your audience should hear more of to be exposed to. I fully agree with that. And uh, it sounds like you were working on it for quite some time, almost a decade then. Uh, well, not the album. Uh, no, no, the song, though. The, the kind song, of yeah, yep, yep, yep. And, and the moral of the story is, if you believe in the song, stick at it. You know, there's always the other side of the mountain. There really is. It's it's. Uh, it might be a pain to get there, but uh, eventually the part will come. That's good advice. Um, okay, well, I would be remiss if I didn't to ask you about your musical heyday a little bit. Um, sure. So I wanted to start with Max Webster. And to anyone who watches this that might not be familiar, this was the band that you were part of before launching your solo career. In the late um, 70s, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, from your Instagram, I was able to tell that your dog Webster was obviously named after the band. Uh, no, no, the dog Webster came as Webster. The dog oh, really? Webster was a, yeah, the dog Webster was a rescue. And I was in a relationship at the time and we went to, to see this dog because it was online. And uh, we're like, well, we'd like to take him. Like, do, do we name him? They went, no, 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 his name's Webster. Oh, like, oh, yeah. That's serendipitous, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, the question I was gonna ask is how did the name Max Webster come about for the band? Okay, the bass player was in a band in Milwaukee called Family at Max, and they did a song called Song for Webster. I don't even know who Webster was, but when we arrived in Toronto to start Max Webster, this bass player and I, I was, we were talking about a band name, and I just went, I'd like something that's a name, but nobody in the band, like Jethro Tull or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so they, he said, well, how about Max Webster? That was as simple as that. And we just kind of went, okay, that, that's good. That easy, yeah. right on. Yeah, um, yeah I was checking out some of that stuff because I was less familiar with Max Webster's work, but uh, really good stuff. And the self-title album, I have to say, the artwork on that I thought was really creepy and cool with the little uh, little heads with the three eyes. The blockheads, the blockheads, three eyes and two noses. And uh, yeah, that was that was all uh, done by our, our keyboard player, Terry Watkinson, who was an artist. Oh, right so on. he did, he did, yeah, he, he, he came up with all that stuff. Cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, moving into the eighties, your solo career was huge. Uh, but I did find a quote from you online that I thought was funny regarding your music videos, where you said, there's nothing worse than eighties rock videos. That's when they were most popular. And once in a while, one would pop through that was actually okay. Mine were neither of those. Um, so it's funny to see that you have that sense of humor about your videos. First of all, I disagree because Gopher Soda is one of the best videos of all time. <laughs> Dance around on the table and you kick the guy's cigarette. Right. Uh, so with that in mind, though, I wanted to ask you, did you have a personal favorite music video, whether that you just enjoyed making it or you really liked how it turned out? 
Sure, sure. It's one that probably nobody even knows, but it was a song called Acrimony, and it was off a record called Itch, and that was in the 90s. And uh, my popularity was like, um, at that time, a lot of things were happening in the 90s uh, for me, um, or to me. Anyway, uh, yeah, that one was okay. I just, I'm sort of okay with that one, because I loved the song. I loved the lyric to it. But yeah, I bucked the whole video thing along the way because I'm like, when it happened, you're you're, you're kind of going, hey man, look, at, I'm a musician and we spend a lot of time making something, putting writing something that's going to put pictures in people's minds, and all of a sudden the pictures are on there and they don't have to do anything. They 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 associate with the video now, um, so I would rather the audience have their own interpretation in their own mind of the song and what it feels like, what it means, what it, what it's doing for them. Well, it makes sense. And especially back in the eighties when a lot of the videos were pretty cheesy, technology was at a weird point with the uh, digital. Yeah. Effects. Yeah. Not to mention the hair, and the, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, and the outfits. Oh my God, my album covers. Oh, geez. Well, I was just going to say, that's a perfect segue. Cause uh, my next question was about your outfits, specifically the OPP hat which shows up okay. on the front of Shaken Like a Human Being, but also in many videos of yours. Yep. So I wanted to ask, is there a deeper significance uh, with someone you knew in your family, maybe in the force, or was this just a, like a shout out to Ontario and your roots? It, it really did happen like this. In a casual uh, restaurant setting, one night your cousin walks over to you, you haven't seen in a long time, and he's, and he's like, hey, Kim. You're like, hey, how are you doing? Wow, this is cool. Um, you see, yeah, we're just leaving, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. How's this going? And and all the while, he's wearing this OPP hat. And then looking at it, I'm like, wow, I said, that's a cool hat. I said, How, where'd you get that? He goes, I'll give it to you if you, if you wear it on an album cover or something. <laughs> he said something <laughs> like that. And I went, okay, sure. Done. And it was it was done. And it, and it became kind of the brand, your, your trademark, whatever. And the OPP were quite cool with it because um, they didn't have to be. It wasn't an official hat, but I mean, it was, and they ended up coming to gigs and would present me with hats. Nice. When we, when we played Ontario. As well, there was a Max Webster Boulevard in Ontario, oh. uh, Canada, and they would, fans would steal the street sign and bring it to us. And the police, the police would come and go, have you guys got a street sign? We'd be like, yep, here. You can have it back. We always gave it back to them. Yeah, they, you always get that with street signs. I know there's been a couple around town, if it's, you know, high street or something like that, especially if it's got drug connotations. And nowadays they'll find those ones and put them on extra high poles just so people can't get at them. <laughs> They've learned, adapted. Um, That's right. So and, uh, moving forward a bit. Then, I'm trying then, to keep it. Drive, then you're driving up to the intersection going, what the hell street is this? This goes way up in it. Um, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, uh, I know okay, moving man. forward, you, sorry, I, this is why I hate Zoom for the record, because I feel like you can't not cut the other person off. Um, there's that delay, sorry. you know, yep. but I was going to ask you when you were hosting the spot at Q107, that was like a good 11 years, right? And well, uh, good 10 years, 10 years. Okay. Was a, the first one sucked. <laughs> you don't count that one. No, I try not to. Um, well, my question there was just going to be, what were some of the greatest experiences you had? And 
as a sort of a secondary question, can your fans look forward to a, maybe a Kim Mitchell podcast in the future? No, I wouldn't want to kick your asses. <laughs> yeah, uh, you probably would. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, some of my favorite experiences were bringing the unique fact that I was a musician. Once I got my wings, so to speak, like the first year sucked, but once I sort of started to understand the the, the craft and respect it and develop it, um, I enjoyed the fact that I was a musician on the radio and people were digging that because I was bringing something different than what a normal announcer would bring. I'll give you an example. Uh, Andy Summers of the police comes in and he has handlers and the handlers are saying, don't make him, don't, don't ask him to play. Because I had guitars, I had guitars in the studio and they're always plugged in. So before he came, I dialed up a really classic police sound on the, on the guitar. And he comes in, he's like, yeah, and he's quite nice. And I said, Andy, I said, uh, you know, every breath you take, it's such a, there's some really basic changes. Every breath you take is like those changes you've heard in a million songs. It's just his inversions of the chord and the way he's playing it makes it so unique. And I said, I said, you really, really brought something to that song, those simple changes. I said, is, is that chord like this? And I grabbed the guitar and I was like, <laughs> the first, and, and he goes, no, 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 give me the guitar. And he starts playing it. <laughs> so stuff like that would happen um, as well. You know, some of the usual questions that I was asked for decades, which are okay, but it's like, so who are your influences or what can we expect from the show or whatever? I'd, I'd say to, a uh, you know, like a, somebody in there, I'd go, so um, it's 15 minutes before you're going on stage. What's going on in the dressing room? Like, mm, just describe cool the picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, who in the band is always late? Nice. This is, I don't care if you're you two or whatever. One of the band members is always going to be showing up late. You know, hey, it's lobby call at six o'clock. Got a plane to catch. It's like, you know, the the late guy comes sauntering down ten minutes late. All the oh, oh, sorry, man. You know. No, that's so, so true. I I mean, being a musician yourself, it really does give you a unique angle to approach broadcasting yeah, from. Yeah, it was fun. So those are the moments that I really liked. I loved talking with some of those musicians because I found. The bigger they were, the more famous they were, the more down to earth they were, the sweeter they were. They knew what they were there to do. There was no attitude. Um, it was actually quite a breeze. Hmm. You know, it was, you know, you're nervous because you're like, ah, and then they start to talk and it's like, this person's a professional. They know what they're here to do. Well, uh, speaking of down to earth, uh, that's what I gathered you very much are based on YouTube comments alone. I started going back and watching a lot of your videos just to kind of refresh myself with your catalog. Okay. And uh, I found something I never find on YouTube, which is only positive comments. Usually YouTube is a place for trolls and just spewing vitriol. And I couldn't find a negative comment under any of your videos, just people telling stories about how they met you and you helped them carry their camera gear and shit like that. Um, but I found one quote that I just had to tell you because I it was just an insane thing to read. Somebody wrote, uh, Kim wrote a lot of songs that would take the gun out of your mouth. And I just thought that was a really powerful thing to read on a YouTube comment. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I just, uh, I felt like I needed to I let hope. you know that. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a, that's, that's, that's a, it's kind of beautiful and scary at the same time. You know, I, I'd hate to, 
you know, it's, it is powerful. It's nice. But, you know, I, I, of course, I think, is that person okay? Do they need help or something? And True. Yeah, yeah. It's hard not to get concerned. But, yeah, yeah. But then it's the internet, you know. I, I agree with you. A buddy of mine, <laughs> he summed up the internet. He goes, yeah, I see the internet's by about 75%, like just trolls. It's a, it's a waste of space. And then there's oh, yeah. like a quarter, quarter of stuff that's like kind of cool and interesting and fun and playful. And, but uh, I can't, I don't know why that is. Because uh, basically, if you were to ask my friends, they'd say I'm an asshole. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You seem like a nice dude to me. Well, well we, we, all, we all have our moments. You know, That's true. We do. You know, it's true. So I think it's just, I could hang out with any one of you. I think that's part of it. I, I you know, hop in a truck, go to a mall together. I don't know. Go have a burger together. Hang out on a park bench. I don't know. Yeah, most, there was another story life. I read about somebody saying that he, uh, he was at a bar playing pool and there was a table of guys drinking beers. And the guy said, oh yeah, I gotta go. I'm gonna go check out the Kim Mitchell concert next door. And then the dudes playing pool was the band and you guys were like, oh shit. And you got out of there cause you realized you had to be on stage. <laughs> and then he ended up getting your beers cause you guys just left oh, the pictures okay. there or something. Um, <coughs> uh, I was gonna ask, you sort of touched on this, but um, back in 2016, you, you suffered a heart attack, yes? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about that. I just was going to assume that that must have had some pretty big impacts on the way you live your life in general, but also the way you approach songwriting. Was that one of the reasons that you, you spurred you into making this album after so long? Uh, like the last album was 2007, I believe, right? Yeah. So I was wondering if that was maybe something that catapulted you back into the studio or? No, no, no. Um, it didn't affect my songwriting. Um, I was always writing. I didn't, I didn't, there was no big epiphany of like, oh, I'm going to start writing about this or I should really treasure my songwriting. I, I, I was in general thankful that I was alive, first of all. Of and course, that, yeah. And, and then of course that I get to do what I do. Um, we're all here to, sorry, you have, you have those moments like, okay, we're all here to, to do something for humankind or the planet. And mine is I try to take people away to Rockland Wonderland for a couple hours a night. So that's a pretty cool gig. I've been lucky well, enough. Yeah. To do and that. maybe so, taking a gun out of someone's mouth by the sounds of it. So sure. Sure. Um, so there's, there's those moments that I don't think it, it affected my songwriting. Um, it's just all the stuff, you know, you got to look after yourself a bit better and not stress so much. Um, as far as did it, it was that the catapult that got me into the studio. No, it was my producer who was in my band at 17, took off to Los Angeles over 20 years ago and produced uh, Apologize, One Republic, a uh, couple Keith Urban number one singles, uh, 21 Pilots first record. He did the Greatest Showman soundtrack, uh, Katy Perry records, Pink, he's got a song on Adele's 21. I mean, his wow. career, his <laughs> career has like been so amazing. And so, so cool that he was the one that contacted me after hearing the demos. I'm like, you have, I really want you to come to Los Angeles to my studio. I'm like, your studio, like a specialized place that he's, you know, tweaked the gear here and there, has this cool sound going and says, please come to my studio. Let's, re let's record this stuff. And I'm like, okay. So it was that. Wow. Yeah. You don't say no to a guy who's uh, on fire like that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, He's had a lot of failures too. He'll be oh, the first one to enough. admit it. But, but uh, he has had some success. So um, 
I haven't heard any bad sounding records he's made, just records that haven't done anything. But he likes to just, his philosophy is, I'm just going to try and get this stuff to where you love it. Our job is to get your, your songs to where you love them, Kim. And when you love it, when you sit there and go, oh, man, I love this, he goes, I'll love it. Awesome. Um, yeah. one, I'm just going to ask you one more question and then wrap things up. I know you're a busy man, but uh, we always ask people, uh, this season at least, the question at the end of every episode has been, what would you choose if you could be endowed with any superhuman ability? I've been asked this before. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I, uh, I had a hard one. Um, if I a superhuman ability. Um, oh. You stumped me again. Every it's time hard. I, There's a lot of choices. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, because you can go like, well, I wish I could fly or I wish I could do it. Um, we got invisibility a lot Yeah. from other guests. Yeah, I guess maybe uh, in some comical way, mind reading would be, uh, would be good. You know, like, <laughs> as long as you can control it and shut it off when you want to. Yeah, because, well, yeah, you make a good point. Sometimes you don't want to know, right? Well, imagine you're in a crowd of people at a concert and you're hearing everybody's thoughts could be overwhelming, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, why'd you ask it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Well, um, what about you? What would yours be? Uh, I've said this in the past. Mine would be probably shape-shifting. I think it'd be really fun. You could have a lot of fun pranking people by turning into their mom or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's right. Cool. So thank you, man, so much. I, I'm only thank worried. I'm, I'm rushing this because I'm afraid the meeting's going to cut us off at 545 because that's how I had scheduled it. I'm not sure. I don't use okay, Zoom too often. Fine. So, yep, um, yep. Okay. but if you're ever in Ottawa, man, please come by the studio and hang out with me All and my right. dad. That would be amazing. Um, sure. and thank Say you hi so to your much. dad. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your time, man. You, man. Thank you. Thank you. All I appreciate the best. You. I appreciate the coverage. Good luck. Thank you.